pop back up. We're going to go to 2 Timothy, the first chapter. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of these in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may feel, be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first, listen to this, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord God, that for the next few minutes, Lord God, you would help me, O God, to follow your Holy Spirit, Lord God. <clears throat> to speak words from the very throne room of heaven and not from my own imagination, O God. That you might touch this people in the heart, O God, and they might feel and understand, Lord, what the Spirit is saying to the church today, God. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord talked about a battle. He talked about a struggle. He talked about things that are going on. That's what he spoke of this morning right off the bat, right off, right at the beginning of the service. And, and what I want to impress with you this morning and what I want to build on is that this at least in the Pentecostal church and when I say Pentecostal I mean the assemblies of God the churches that practice the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues in a Pentecostal service there are certain things that happen that may seem strange to other people but are not strange to us and one of the things that happen in a Pentecostal church is the laying on of hands you see, the assemblies of God or the uh, Pentecostal people, people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's very important that you understand that this is not an observation, that this is not a place where you come and you sit and you just watch what's going on. God is a God that participates. God is a God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, hang on with me just a minute, this is sorting out in my head too. God is a God who, who participates. He said, I'll help you in that battle. He participates with you. He, he's a part of what you're doing. We're not out there trying to figure this out on our own. We're not, God didn't just save us and drop us in the wilderness and said, I'll see you on the other side. He's actively involved in what goes on with us day to day. There's not a, the Bible says that even the very hairs of your head are numbered. The Bible says that if God knows every sparrow that falls from a tree, surely he knows what's going on with you. 
He has six billion children in this world right now, and he knows every one of them's name. He knows what they look like. He knows their lineage. He knows where they came from. He knows everything about them because he's God of all. But that doesn't mean he's participating with you. Because in order for you to participate with him, there has to be some sort of, of, of participation effort. I, 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 played, I played basketball. I, I, played, I played at football. I spent most of my time in football running in and out, carrying plays. They, they were never to me. I was just the shuttle boy. I ran in 34 power. Went over there, stood, did my little block, ran off the field. Then they told me another one. 43 pop. 43 pop. Okay. One time I forgot it. <laughs> Between the sidelines and the huddle, I got up there and they said, what's the play? I said, I don't remember. <laughs> that was my job. They never gave me the ball. They never, they never expected me to, to, to really do anything other than to make sure the free safety was occupied. But my job was to participate in that play. Without me, the day I forgot, the play didn't go off. Why? Because I didn't participate. I didn't do my part. I didn't get out there with the play in my head. I got out there and said, I don't know. And this morning, some of you have come in this place today and you've decided to kind of be that way. Well, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the service. I'm just going to sit back and just see what God's doing. And I want to tell you, if that's how you want to do it, that's fine. But if you want to be a part of the play, you're going to have to participate. You're going to have to participate. Paul talks about the knowledge, the things that, that Timothy got from who? His grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. And I could preach a whole sermon on how sad it is that his dad's not mentioned in that thing. I could preach a whole sermon on that, but I want to talk about the positives. I want to talk about the participation that, that Eunice and Lois had in the life of young Timothy. They participated with him. They loved him. They nurtured him. They cared about him. They taught him. They participated in his life. He wasn't just born and they said, well, your dad's not here, so I don't know what we're going to do. No, they became active in what he was doing. They became active in his life. And because of that, when Paul showed up at Derby, Paul was able to take Timothy in and basically adopt him as a spiritual son and one day leave him pastoring the church at Ephesus. And that church at one time, they tell us, ran about 100,000 people with 100 associate pastors and the apostle John attended there. And who pastored it? Timothy. How did Timothy get there? By participating. He did what his parents taught him to do. They participated in his life. They prayed with him. They taught him. They ministered to him. They made him available so that whenever Paul came along, he could be a part of that ministry. They did things to toughen him up. He didn't go out there like John Mark as a wimp. Y'all know who I'm talking about? Whenever Paul and Barnabas went on the mission field, John Mark went with them. But he got out there, and when it got hard there in Operga, Pamphylia, when it got hard over there, John Mark says, I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for this, and he went back to Jerusalem. He wasn't tough enough to take it, but Timothy was. Why was he tough enough to take it? Because, because Eunice and Lois had participated with him. 
They had made him tough. They had taught him. They had nurtured him. They had poured into him. And it's the same way with your children. If you want them to be good Christians, grow up to be good kids, you're going to have to participate. If you want them to be a part of something bigger than, than us, then you've got to participate. You've got to pour into them. You've got to minister to them. You've got to talk to them. You've got to love them. You've got to make them a part of a family. Let them know that the church is something they need to be a part of. You have to do those kind of things because it's something that's bigger than what they are. And in order to be a part of it, they have to participate in it. It's no fun continually standing on the sidelines shuttling plays. I did get one or two passes in my four-year career. I made one touchdown. Woohoo! But I would have loved to have done more. But I didn't have the discipline to participate. I didn't have what it took in order to win a position and be out there on the field and be a part of somebody besides shuttling plays. And this morning, I fear that some of us have become comfortable just simply shuttling plays. And in order to move to another place, you're going to have to participate. If you want the Lord to minister in your battle, then you're going to have to Lord, allow the Lord to participate. You say, how do I do that? Well, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, lifting up holy hands. Now, you're going to think I'm nuts, but that's okay. You probably already do, at least part of the time. But one time at First Assembly, the Holy Spirit was moving in that place, and I was, I was enraptured with the power of God. I was, I was married, so I was a young adult, and I lifted up my hands, and I jerked them right back down. Because when I lifted them up, I felt another set of hands that did this. And it scared me to death. I said, what in the world was that? Or actually, I thought, I didn't feel that. That's actually what I thought. I, I, I imagined that. So I lifted them up again, very slowly. <laughs> and when I got them up, I felt another set of hands embracing my hands. And for that entire service, every time I lifted my hand, I felt, whew, I felt another hand embracing my hand. What was that? What was that? That was God the Father laying his hands on me. Okay. I know you may not. Some of you are saying, yeah, what, what did you have to drink in that morning? You watched so many movies or something. I'm telling you, you can believe it if you want. I don't care. I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know. <laughs> it was God participating. It was him laying his hands on me. Why is it important that God lays his hands on me? What did Paul say? Stir up the gift that's in you. How did he get that gift? How did, he get, how did Timothy get that gift in the next verse? That was in you by the... Laying on of my hands, Paul's hands, Paul. Now, this isn't the gift of the Spirit. This isn't knowledge, wisdom, discerning of spirits. This isn't, this isn't uh, tongues, interpretation, prophecy. This isn't healings. This isn't miracles. This isn't faith. Because those gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit, not by man. 
I, I can't give you a gift. I can't give you the gift of tongues. That's given by the Holy Spirit. He divides to every man severally as he will. That's his responsibility. I can't do that. So what can I give you? I can give you an anointing that's upon me. I can give you a, 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 a power that's upon me. I can, I can give you the love that's within me. I can give you things that are within me that maybe you don't have or maybe that you want more of. And if I have more of, then when I lay my hands on you, then that forms a place of connection so that you and I are participating in the same prayer and we are, and our prayers are working together and the things that I'm giving and the things that you're giving are working together to all form one perfect prayer. Does that make any sense to you? So when the Holy Spirit lays his hands on me, what has God given me? He's given me of himself. He's given me of himself. But I can't participate. Is this, is this too foreign? Some of you are looking at me like, what in the world have you been? Where have you been? I, I've been right here. You know me. Whenever I lift my hands... I'm not, I've heard people say all kind of stuff, and I don't disagree with it. Some people say, well, I'm lifting my hands and surrender to God. That's, that's cool. I'm lifting my hands because I know the answer. That's cool. I'm lifting my hands for this, or I'm lifting my hands for that. Well, let me just give you one more. I'm lifting my hands asking God to participate in what I'm doing. Asking God to lay his hands upon me so that he can give me of himself and I can receive from him the things that I need to fight the battle that I find myself in this morning. Because what's the, the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they're powerful through who? Powerful through who? This is a participation part of it. You're supposed to say through God. Okay, ready? Powerful through who? Oh, man. That feels so good. It's through God. And how does God participate with me? How do I receive the weapons of my warfare? I receive them by the touches that I receive from him. Whether it's down here at an altar, whether it's being filled in my prayer time, whether it's lifting my hands to him in a service, Whenever I lift my hands, I feel like that I'm saying, God, I need your participation in this. I want you to be a part of the battle that I'm in. I want you to be a part of the life that I'm living. I want you to be a part of my prayer because if you're a part of my prayer, then I'll begin praying in an unknown tongue that I don't know what I'm saying sometimes, but, I, but the Holy Spirit knows what I'm saying and he's praying the same thing God would have me pray. He's praying through me the things that I don't know to pray. He's ministering through me the things that I, that I need, that I'm receiving. Why am I receiving them? Because the Holy Spirit is basically standing behind me praying through me my God he's participating with me he's got his hand on me he's right there praying through me giving me the weapons that I need giving me the mindset that I need giving me the authority that I need it's the Holy Spirit with his hand laid on my shoulder praying through me glory to God he's participating now I'm not asking you all to jump and shout and dance about and Swing from the chandeliers and tear everything up. Not at all. Not at all. I'm just asking you to let the Lord participate with you in whatever manner that is. Some people weep and cry. Some people are quiet. Some people are demonstrative. Some people do whatever. But I want to tell you, it's, if it's in order 
and it'll all be in order. If it's of God and it's of God, then it's simply the Holy Spirit participating with us, giving us the things that we need, giving us the, the, the language that we need, giving us the words that we need, giving us what we need with his hands laid upon us because in the laying on of hands, there's a transfer of power. There's a transfer of anointing. There's a transfer of blessing. There's a transfer that comes from the laying on of hands. And it's important this morning that we realize that as we're fixing to start worshiping in song again here in just a moment, it's important to realize that if you're one of those ones this morning that's in a battle, you're one of those ones this morning whose heart is broken. You're one of those ones this morning that need a touch from God. You're one of those ones this morning that's trying to make a decision that whenever the time comes for you to come down, it's important that you realize that you're not coming down here just so you can be seen and noticed, but you're coming down here to say, God, I need you to participate with me. God, I need what you have. I need your wisdom. I need your power. I need your anointing. I need your thoughts. I need to know what your direction is because I can tell you this I followed my own will one or two times in my life probably more than that and it's always ended up in a ditch it's always ended up in a ditch because when the blind lead the blind you end up in a ditch but if I have the Holy Spirit with me he's not blind he's not deaf and he's not dumb. And he hears and he sees and he speaks. And he'll keep me walking the right path as long as I have him participating with me. And my participation with him is, his participation with me depends on my willingness to participate with him. And one of the ways I demonstrate that is by the lifting of my hands. Saying, Lord God, lay your hands upon me. Lay your, lay your hands. I surrender. I, I give it to you. How, whatever you want to make that mean for you, I don't care what it means. I'm just telling you this, that when you lift your hands, that's more than just a religious act. That's more of just saying, I don't know what else to do, so I guess I'll try this. That's not that at all. That's saying, God... I want to, I want your hands to be laid upon me. So I am lifting my hands to make myself available to say, I need you, God. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I need your direction. I need your Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to tell you this morning, whatever you came in with here today, when you leave out of here today, it's probably going to still be out there. But the attitude of the person is not going to be the same. Amen. Hallelujah. Because when you've heard from home... <laughs> When you've heard from home and the Holy Spirit has given you an excitement and an enjoyment and a power that says this too shall pass. You are more than a conqueror. I've got you, son. When you hear those words, you walk out of here ready to chase a bear with a switch. You walk out of here 10 foot tall and made of steel. Oh, the problem's still there. Ain't nothing changed there. Maybe. Or maybe it has. Maybe while you're in here asking God to participate with you, maybe God's gone on the other end and he said, listen here, buddy, you better straighten up or I'll jerk a knot in you. And when you get home, you may find the whole world's changed over there. You may find that God's come in that house and he's, he's righted things that were wrong and he's convicted things that need to be done and he's caused that son that was always an alcoholic, suddenly he's drinking and getting sick and not getting drunk. 
You see this guy back here? Daniel Spell. I'm fixing to tell a story on you, and I'll probably get it wrong. Don't, don't fix it now. Fix it after service. At one time in his life, he decided he was going to commit suicide. Is that right? So what he did is you went and bought an eight ball. Eight ball. I don't know what that is, but it's an eight ball of cocaine. And he snorted the whole thing. And when he finished snorting it, he wasn't high. Is that right? Wasn't high. So he went and bought another one. He took enough cocaine to kill an elephant. And when he finished taking, was it the second or third? Third. Second? I can't, how many fingers? Is that three? Okay. When he finished taking the third eight ball, finished snorting the third one, he heard a voice that says, you can snort them all night. I'm not going to let you die. Somebody was praying for him. Somebody touched heaven for him. Somebody lifted their hands and said, God, you got to touch Daniel. He's in a bad place. I don't know what he's fixing to do, but God, you got to touch him. And the Holy Spirit says, participate with him. And the Holy Spirit touched him and delivered him from that thing. Did you want to say something? Oh, praise God. I was hoping you did. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, if you want the Holy Spirit to participate, you've got to be willing to participate too. You have gifts and talents and abilities in this place this morning. Some of you this morning have been through some stuff. You know some answers. Some of you have, have been through some hard times. You know some answers. Some of you just this morning are just full of the Holy Spirit and you just want to you just want to do something. And I want to tell you this morning that when somebody comes down here to be prayed for, it's important that you come down and lay your hands on them. Oh, Brother Scott, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, 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 I'm fine just sitting here. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. But I'm going to tell you something. When somebody's down here and they're, they're in the midst of a trial, when the devil's sitting on their shoulder and a thousand of them have told him he's not going to make it because of something the doctor has said. When, when, when somebody's down here and they're, they're in the midst of a fight and it's going on right now as they walk that aisle, they need somebody. They need somebody that can touch God. They can't do it. If they could have done it, they would have already done it. They're in a jam. They're trying as hard as they can try, and the devil just keeps telling them you're a failure. You're never going to do it. You're worthless. You're sorry. God doesn't care about you. They've been down here. They've been listening to that and trash for days. They need help. They need somebody with a little bit of God in them to come behind them and say, in the name of Jesus, it won't be so. In the name of Jesus, I caught myself praying this one time. I was praying for somebody up here that I knew was going through a really hard time, and it was the devil was coming at that family, coming at every member of that family, and it was a mess at that house. It was a, a stinking mess at that house, and I knew it was. And when I was praying for them, I had my hands holding their hands, and all of a sudden I heard myself say something that I was shocked at. I said, devil, before you come to them, you're coming through me first because I'm standing in the hedge and I'm making up the gap. So if you want to come at them, you come at me first because I'm here. And then I said, what did I say that for? Why did I say that? 
Because the Spirit of the Lord, that, that gift was stirred up. That anointing was stirred up. That spirit within me that said, devil, I'm sick and tired of this trash. I'll put up with this no longer. They were at the point they couldn't pray anymore. They done prayed out, and it, was, it wasn't working. It wasn't moving. And somebody coming down here this morning is going to be prayed out. They're going to have done everything they know to do. They're going to have fought every way they know to fought. They've rebuked the devil a thousand times, and he stood there and laughed at them. They're thinking this isn't working anymore, and they need somebody with a little bit of God in them to come down here this morning and put their hands on them and say, in the name of Jesus, it won't be so. In the name of Jesus... I'm transferring that spirit from me to you so that that spirit stirs up your spirit so that you shall know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Glory to God. But that has to happen with the laying on of hands. Doesn't happen by osmosis, whatever that is. It doesn't happen by good intentions. I heard somebody tell me one time that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It doesn't happen by good intentions. It happens by having a heart that sees somebody down here and says, I want to, there's something inside of you that says, I want to pray with them and leaving your seat and coming down there and laying your hands on them. In not, just, not just to do it, but to do it in expectation of something great happening. To do it in expectation that the power of God is fixing to surge through you like it's surging through me. If you read on in that book, in about the uh, eighth chapter of the book of Acts, you'll find out that there was, Philip went down to Samaria, Acts chapter 8. He went over there to the Samaritans, and he began preaching Jesus. And people started getting saved, and they started coming out of their curious arts, and they started burning stuff, and they started being different. But after several days of being down there, nobody had been filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm, I'm confident, I know that Philip was filled with the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that he was chosen in Acts chapter 7 and he was chosen because he was full of the Holy Ghost. So I know he was full of the Holy Ghost. I know he was. I'm confident that, that Philip had laid his hands on people. I know he had. But they called for Peter and John, power and love. Power and love, Peter and John came down and the Bible says that when they laid their hands on them, they began to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So some people have taken that and say, well, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit unless you have your hands laid on you by an apostle. Is that what that was about? No, it's not what that was about. It's not what that was about at all. What it was about is he took a people that knew nothing about God, who had weird thoughts about God. And Philip, for those however many days that was, and I can't remember off the hand how many days it was, but for however many days it was, Philip was continually pouring into him. He was laying his hands on him. He was praying in the spirit form. He was teaching him. He was training that mind. He was getting him out of that mindset, of that old heathen mindset that argues with God, that says, well, you say we ought to worship in Jerusalem, but we ought to worship in this mountain, and I don't know what we should worship at all. He's taking all that bad teaching. And Philip, for, for however many days it was, is laying his hands on him. He's pouring into him. He's, he's helping them. That spirit that's within Philip, it's, it's changing their lives and changing their mindsets and, and cleaning them up. And, and getting them ready and whenever the apostles show up they show up to a field that's already been planted hoed and got all the crops ready for harvest and all they did was come in there and pick the harvest 
they came in there and laid their hands on these that had already been trained, already been touched, already been anointed, and he simply laid his hands on them and he received the harvest because one plants and another waters, but God gets the glory. Do you hear me? But I want you to realize that all that occurred with the laying on of hands. Minister that I that I grew up with, Brother Clinton, and talked about going to Vietnam. And he went to Vietnam and God brought revival to Vietnam. And for several months, I'm not sure how many, but for several, several months, a lot of months, he went over there for, for months at a time. Maybe one month he'd stay at the whole time and then he'd come back to church, gather more money. He would pastor the church in Beaumont. He'd gather more money and he'd go back and stay a month. And, and he, they, they, after, after several times of this, uh, he ended up in a hall one day um, teaching the people. He was praying for them to feel filled with the Holy Spirit. He was try, he'd laid his hands on them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But in this whole room, nobody had ever been filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot, a lot, of over 500 people in this room, big room. And so he's down there. And the last, the, they had a week-long revival. Uh, it was a long story, but he had a week long, the last night that he was there, the last morning he was there, he was getting there at 6 o'clock in the morning to start teaching, and the room was packed. They had to, they had to, he had, his interpreter had to make way for him. So they went up there, and he was teaching them on the Holy Spirit. He'd been teaching them on the Holy Spirit. He had been praying for them for, to receive the Holy Spirit. He had taught them about salvation. He had worked and worked and worked for months and months and months. And as he began to preach that morning, all of a sudden, the guy standing next to him began to speak out and cry and weep and fell on the floor like a, like a, like a sack, like a sack. Start to say sack of taters, but then y'all think I was from Fred. <laughs> <laughs> fell on the floor like a sack of taters. And Brother Clinton and looked at his interpreter and he said, Brother Khan said, that's not Vietnamese. And Brother Clinton said, that's not English. How did he get filled with the Holy Spirit? It wasn't through the laying on the hands of the pastor. It was through the laying on of hands of the Holy Spirit as the man lifted his hands and began to participate with God. God, his mind had been changed. He'd been removed from Buddhism. He'd been taught about God. He'd have been poured into. Seeds had been poured into. They'd been cultivated. They'd been watered. And now after several months of getting his mind straight, all of a sudden he's in a position to where when he lifts his hands now, the Holy Spirit participates with him and he's filled with the power of God with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And over the course of the next Two hours, 200 people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit filled them by laying his hands on them. So I'm telling you this morning, I'm encouraging you, let God be a part of your praise. Let God be a part of what you need. Let God be a part of your situation. By the lifting of your hands to ask the Lord to be a part and to lay his hands on you that you might receive what you need in the pew. So that whenever people come down this morning to be touched, to be healed, to be filled, to be saved, to see God minister in their lives, when they come down, you have received from God. And because you have received from God, now you're able to take your hands and lay them on someone 
And what you have received from God now has a path to fill someone else so that they can be brought up from the place of sin, from the place of discouragement, from the place of despair, from the place of hopelessness. They can be brought up to know that today is a new day. Today is the day that the Lord has made and I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and I will enter into his courts with praise. I didn't come in here feeling that way, but because the Holy Spirit has built me up, God's now stirred up a gift within me. He stirred up a gift within me, glory to God. How did he stir it up? He stirred it up by a brother coming behind me and saying, in the name of Jesus, silver and gold have I none, brother, but such as I have, give I unto thee. The man at the gate, beautiful, got up, because why? Somebody extended him a hand. Somebody said, what's in me? I give to you by the laying on of hands. You understand what I'm saying this morning? It's, it's important that you understand that we participate with the Holy Spirit through the lifting of our hands. And we participate with the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. Not because we're especially holy. Do you understand that? It's just whatever God put within me that I need to transfer to you. Because each one of us have gifts. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, how is it when you come together, brother? Somebody has a song. Somebody has a tongue. Somebody has interpretation. Somebody has a doctrine. He, he didn't say don't do all that stuff. He just said let it all be done decently and in order. Because some of you this morning, you're you're on go. You came here this morning on go, ready to worship. You came in here this morning ready to praise. You came in here this morning ready to give the devil a black eye. You came in here this morning saying, boy, when I get out of here today, man, praise God, I'm going to, you know, you came in here this morning there. Some of you came in here this morning and the weight of the world has got you down. You're in a battle. You're in a struggle. You're in a hard time. There's difficult things going on around you. The situations didn't turn out right. You're in a, you're in a financial situation that you don't know the answer to. You're in some kind of state that you need somebody to pray for you. And when you come down this morning, if I can get the one who's on fire with the one that's having a hard time, then I'll tell you, we'll leave out of this place victorious. We'll leave out of this place victorious. So praise team, come back. I could keep talking here, but I think I just keep saying the same thing over and over, so ain't nobody got time for that. Stand with me this morning if you would. I used to, I normally say, if you're comfortable, lift your hands. That's normally what I say. And I, and I still feel that way. But I want to add something to it this morning. I want to say this. I want to say, if you want God to participate with you this morning, if you want God to be a part of what's going on in you this morning, if you need God to lift you up this morning, the Bible says in Psalms 104 that he makes me to ride on wings of the wind. The Bible says in Psalms 104 that I can ride in the chariot with God Almighty. Now, you know what I'm saying there, huh? It means I can, I can be in, in the same spot. I can, I can think with his mind. I can talk with his mouth. I can minister as Jesus would minister if he was here this morning. Not because I'm something great, 
not because God's endued me with a special gift, not because God's made me an apostle, none of that. It's just simply that I'm in love with him and he's in love with me and I've, and I've been poured into by him and that makes me able to pour into you. It's that simple. It's nothing having to do with me. It's all having to do with him. Did, did you catch that? It's nothing having to do with me. You don't need me to pray for you, but you need the Holy Spirit through me to pray for you if you're down, not because there's anything special about me, but because maybe God has put something within me that I can transfer to you. Amen. You got that? I hope, you're, I hope you're getting that this morning. So as we continue to worship, if you have a need this morning, as Mike leads us and his praise team leads us in worship, if you have a need this morning, have enough courage to leave your seat and come down here and stand in the front. And if you see somebody coming down here and, and, they, and, and the Holy Spirit moves on your heart and you feel like you want to go pray with them, you go pray with them and you just simply put your hand on their shoulder and you just begin to pray. If they want to tell you something, they'll tell you. But if they don't want to pray, if they don't want to tell you, then you just let the Holy Spirit come through you and minister to them this morning. Amen. As we continue to worship this morning, if you've got a need, some have already come down. If you have a need, come on down. If you want to pray with somebody, come on down. If you want to stay in your seat, then I would encourage you just to lift your hands and say, God, participate this morning in this service with me. I want to get what I need from you this morning, and I just want to see the Holy Spirit touch your heart this morning.
Take what the enemy meant for free. 
Amen. Give the Lord a hand in this place. Hallelujah. We're going to give you one more chance this morning to make your way down, and then we're going to move on. So if the Lord's speaking to you this morning as we give you one more song, then make your way down here and let the Lord deal with your situation today.
you to stand with me this morning if you would if you're comfortable lift your hands if you if, if you want to and I want Mike to lead us again in this and I want you to sing it to the Lord this morning and I want you to expect him to fill you right now expect him to participate in this right now as you sing praises to him he sings over you as you sing glory and honor to him he brings his glory and honor to you and I want you to believe that this morning as we sing this. And I want you to expect to have a close encounter of the God kind in the next 30 seconds. To know that God is about to demonstrate his participation with you as you lift your hands to him. sing this one more time but I feel like the Lord wants me to talk to somebody that's looking at me through this thing I want you to know this morning you've walked in the valley of the shadow of death long enough you've lived in darkness long enough thinking your situation's never going to change and blaming everybody else for what's going on with you and I want to tell you this morning that God is saying to you today if you will lift your hands to me, then I will bring you out of the pit that you find yourself in. You will learn that the problems and the situations and the things that you endure are not because I'm not available, but because you haven't included me in your situation. You've asked everybody else to help you. You've asked everybody else to sympathize with you. You've asked everybody else to console you. You've asked everybody else to lift you up. And God wants you to know today that the only person you hadn't asked is the one that can help you. <laughs> and if you'll lift your hands right there where, you, where you're seated or standing or whatever you're doing on the other side of that screen, if you will lift your hands and you will sing this as unto the Lord, you'll find out that God will join in with you and he will lay his hands on you and he will bring you out of the hell, out of the pit, out of the darkness, out of the land of the shadow of death that you live in and you'll no longer be living your life waiting to die, but you'll be living your life knowing that you can live. That's what I'm telling you this morning. So sing it with us this morning, would you? All my life you have been faithful. 
Shout to the Lord this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just spend just a moment here in prayer before we change order this service. Would you just lift your hands with me for just a minute? Let's just worship God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your love. Father, we thank you for your power, God. We thank you for what you're doing in this place this morning, God. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Come on, give him a shout this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, you may be seated this morning. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you on every front. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Kathy, if you'd come up this morning, please. Yeah. She has a quick announcement to make. And then we're going to get the ushers to come and receive the offering. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Um, I told him I'd make a quick announcement, so I'm going to try to make it quick. Um, so Sarah, our secretary, printed off these hot pink envelopes. This is the month of love, okay? Not, it doesn't have to be a love just for your maid or whatever, but it's a love given of your heart, given, you know, giving love out to everybody that you encounter. So, you know, the, the uh, heart find with the Assemblies of God, with our, di our district, with our Assemblies of God, this heart fund that we give to, in case y'all don't understand what this is about when we say heart fund, um, it's the giving to the... It, it, the heart fund goes to several ministries. One of them, the main thing I think is that when the missionaries go on the field, like our kids, um, they don't have any, they walk off, get off the plane. Most of the time they don't have a place to live unless they've just made arrangements, you know, through communication on, on internet or whatever. But they have to, they have a household, um, they have to fill, they have to get beds and furniture and sheets and towels and pots and pans because they can't pack those with them and take them our kids when they went back this time last time i think they took 20 with total suitcases and bins and all but so they they had been in for a year so when they get off the plane the, the assemblies of god gives them a budget to go and buy and that's what that's what a lot of the money that we give goes toward and it goes to the the pleasant hills children's home which is so, somewhat of an orphanage um, there's that's for the kids that have been the parents have been incarcerated and for different different reasons they put they have there but they 
a lot of that goes to this this um, ministry, different different things. I don't even know what all it goes to. And so I was thinking last week, y'all gave to Candace. Y'all y'all gave generously to Candace. And you know when you when you empty your pockets, God fills them back up, doesn't He? And so I've just watched so many people that are just generous givers. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this plug in there, and I, I guess I hope it's okay. But I've got the mic. So last week. Kenan called his dad and said, Dad, I got the report from the church, and someone, it, it, I, I don't know if it's right or not, but the number was like, it had another zero added onto it, what the church gave him. So someone had been very generous, and if you're that person and you want to let Kenan know, they would like to thank you, but if not, if you're in here. But he said one of his supporters was not able to support, they, they give him generous, generous donations, but they weren't able to, and they're like, well, God will supply. Well, someone supplied that need. So I want to thank you on behalf of my children. We've been given to missions. It's not just about my children, but we've been given since we were young adults, and we've been given to missions. But God always supplies your need back and gives you more. There's the scripture, Psalms. Where, where's that scripture? Hold on. It's, uh, it's give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, I'm trying to read my writing, shall be given to you uh, for the same measure that you gave with all that shall be um, something back to you, give it back to you, whatever. I'll measure back to you. I can't read my writing. But I just want to tell you that God's faithful. When, you're, when you give, God will just give it back to you. He, he just will give it to you. So give. And if you're, if you're in a financial need, uh, uh, if you have a financial need, give your way out of it. So when the, when the ushers do their thing today, can I ask everybody to take an envelope? There's a hundred of these envelopes. Give what you can. If you want to give one time, turn it back in. It's got a place for your name and the amount, and you can get credit. If you want to keep it for the month, the month of love, the month this month, and fill it up and turn it in, that's fine. The end of the month, the ladies have the service. And if you want to wait and turn it in that night, you can. But would y'all give what you can? You don't have to give in abundance. But um, I'm gonna tell you this one little story. When Aaron was just a little, a little girl, we were replacing the carpet at First Assembly. She took a green envelope off the back of the pew and she put five dollars in it, and she put for the uh, carpet and I didn't ask her to do it we didn't ask her to do it but parents kids watch you and they do what you do and so she has never had a, a lack they've never had a lack because they've been givers and I just want to tell you God will bless you for your faithfulness and God will give bless you for giving so when are the ushers do coming now or later come on ushers <laughs> please and thank you <laughs> appreciate y'all yeah. So. Hmm? Oh, yeah, the envelopes. Yeah. That's what I ask y'all to do. I'm standing here. You know, when you get this mic, it makes you nervous. Is that enough? Here you go, four. So. Anybody want to pray over the offering? Anybody want to volunteer? Misty? Come on, Misty. Hold on a minute. Y'all wait on Misty.
only the first 100 people get the pink envelopes, but if we need more, Sarah will print us more. Thank you, Sarah, for your beautiful job you did on these envelopes.
I know what time it is because I got my watch fixed. And if you need to go, then that's fine. But if you could stay, we want to receive communion this morning. So if my communion ushers would come this morning, uh, like I said, if you can't stay, that's fine. Whenever we all stand, you can just slip out. But if you can, if you can stay, we'd love for you to stay with us this morning and receive communion. Debbie, would you come play?
So I wanted to tell you um, what you're looking at up here. You're looking at a young man who feels that God's called him into the ministry, who God gave a fresh word to this morning, I know. <laughs> but that's part of being called into the ministry. And what you're also looking at, and I don't know if he's got his fellowship card or not, but I'm going to be the first one to introduce him in faith, if he hadn't got it, to a new minister we have in, the, in Oak Grove. Yes. So let me introduce you to Reverend Mike Jones. <laughs> Well, what Pastor was talking about there was I walked into a church this morning and I heard somebody say communion. And that reminded me that communion was today. And so I took the tithes envelope, ripped it in half, and started writing. But that's how God works. He gives me a word and I obey. So today I'm going to be talking about the bread. And in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, it says, When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which I have broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This was foreshadowed by Jesus. And we know that because it was the, it was the day before he was going to be on the cross. And what's funny is he knew that he was going to be betrayed before he ever said that. Because he said, Do it in remembrance of me. Although he knew he was going to be betrayed, he did it for us to remember who he was. 1 Corinthians 11.26 says, As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. To me, this means that if you take of this bread and you drink of the cup, you are saying that he is coming back and that you're ready. I want everyone to close their eyes and imagine Jesus hanging on the cross and remember that he did he was there for us he didn't have to be there he wasn't forced but he did that for us for us to be able to have forgiveness of which we have so let's pray jesus i come to you today and thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us i thank you for dying on that cross for the forgiveness of all of us although you knew that we were going to be a handful and that we were going to make mistakes. You died for us. Father God, I ask that you forgive anyone of any sins that we have had. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I think it's a mistake to eat something dry right before you try to speak, okay? <laughs> I'm thankful today for the goodness of God. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ yeah. Jesus. Yes, he does. Isn't God good? Yes, Don't you does. love the Lord this morning? Haven't you enjoyed the service this morning in the presence of God? God is so good. You know, the Bible says we're, we're, we're overcomers through the blood of the Lamb and through the word of our testimony. I'm here to testify to you this morning that God is good. Yes, he is. Doesn't matter, like Job said, though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. And I know I only got a couple of minutes back. Right. <laughs> I'll be careful here. So I want to, what I really want to talk about very briefly is the blood of Jesus Christ. Talk about the price that he paid at Calvary. And through that blood, what he did 
as he reconciled us to the Father. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is Colossians 1, 13 and 14. It says that he delivered us. Yeah, give me a little elbow room here now. <laughs> he delivered us from the power of darkness. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yes, How yes. many people have been touched by the power of God? I'm trying to hurry. I really it's am. Right. Please. No How many people have been touched by the power of God this morning that it delivered them from the power of hell and sin and Satan from the power of darkness? Praise God. And it goes on to say that he translated us into the kingdom of his son of love in whom we have redemption. Praise God through his blood. Praise God for the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away every spot and stain of sin. Praise God. Praise God that he has reconciled us to himself. Isn't that fantastic? That we were aliens to the kingdom of God, but he reconciled us back to himself through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, we come boldly into the throne room of grace. Praise God. And you know, there's something I'm not standing up. It's not my fault, okay? They're, they're right. just, right, Pastor? That's you stand right. up here. I notice you get a little excited. It's, it's okay, isn't it? It's all right, yes. Praise God. Go Praise God for his blood. Praise God he reconciled us to himself. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18, it said he's reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And it goes on to say he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Praise God. Not only are we reconciled, but those people that we come in contact with, our family, our friends, our loved ones, our neighbors, the stranger we meet on the street, God can use us to bring them to a saving knowledge and deliver them from the power of hell and sin and Satan. And one more point. He has made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we love you. God, we love you. Lord, we're just overwhelmed by your goodness and grace. Lord, that you would give your only begotten son to pay the price to bring us home to you. God, we thank you for that blood. We thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord, right now we just remember what Jesus did at Calvary. Lord, we accept it today, fresh and anew. Search us, O oh God. See if there be any wicked way in us, God. Make us whole and righteous and clean before you, even now, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Let's partake together. Well, I think we got a couple more preachers here at Oak Grove. What do you think? We're going to end this this morning with just this simple song that says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sing it again. Jesus paid it all, all 
to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Has Jesus touched you today? Praise God. Thank you for being with us this morning. Go home, get a little rest. Come back tonight, get some more. Come back tonight, your hands lifted high. Come into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Father, bless them, rest their bodies, minister to their needs. Bring us back tonight at the appointed hour. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Yes.